What happens when we die? We don't know exactly what the mind experiences, since nobody's lived to tell the tale. But we do know what happens to the body. It goes on quite the adventure without us. First, your respiratory, circulatory, and nervous systems shut down. Your breathing ceases, your blood stops circulating, and your muscles become flaccid. This is called primary flaccidity. It causes your skin to sag, though your wrinkles disappear like you just got a major Botox treatment. Your sphincters release, freeing any waste within you. As your muscles relax, you might twitch. Your pupils dilate, and it's not long before they cloud over from lack of oxygen and moisture. Congratulations! You are dead. Your body is in the first stage of decomposition, known as the fresh stage. Autolysis occurs throughout this stage, meaning your cell membranes rupture, releasing an enzyme that eats cells from the inside out. Some call this self-digestion. In a process called pallor mortis, Latin for paleness of death, your skin becomes pale as the blood starts draining from your veins. Then you start going through the death chill, otherwise known as alger mortis, Latin for coldness of death, in which your temperature cools to equalize with your surroundings. Now, gravity is pulling all the blood that's been draining from your veins, causing it to pool in the areas of your body that are touching the ground. The skin around these areas will become pink and purple, appearing bruised. This is called liver mortis, Latin for bluish color of death. Next up is rigor mortis, Latin for stiffness of death. Your muscles go from flaccid to fully stiff. You may moan and groan as your vocal cords tighten. You remain completely stiff for a number of hours. Then, secondary flaccidity begins, slowly returning you to a flaccid state. Your skin starts shrinking due to lack of moisture, but it creates the appearance of longer hair and nails, so at least you look a little more luscious for a moment. Now it's time for putrefaction. The process of autolysis, your cells eating themselves and leaking their contents all over the place, attracts putrefying bacteria that break down your insides. This turns your skin green, liquefies your organs, and fills you up with putrefactive gases. Within these gases are compounds like methane, hydrogen sulfide, ammonia, 
cadaverine, and putrescine, causing you to emit a foul odor. This stank attracts carrion feeders, like blowflies and fleshflies. These guys burrow into your body through your orifices, sometimes making their own, and chow down. They'll even lay some eggs if they like you. Blowflies in particular lay about 250 eggs each, which hatch into maggots within a day. The maggots munch on your flesh until they grow up into flies and lay their own eggs inside of you. This attracts other insects to the crowd, such as spiders, beetles, ants, mites, and wasps that feed on blowfly eggs and larvae. Scavengers like vultures and other meat-eating animals may even stop by and give you a taste if they have the chance. They prefer the softer tissues. Now you've reached the second stage of decomposition, bloat. The putrefactive gases make you inflate like a balloon, causing your tongue to swell up and spill out, your eyes to bulge out of their sockets, and your skin to turn purple and start slipping off. This skin slippage is also known as degloving. Next is active decay. Your remaining skin has a marbled green-black appearance as it begins to rupture, creating fluid-filled blisters and causing the putrefactive gases and your now-liquefied insides to drain and purge from every orifice. Your abdomen may even burst if the pressure is high enough. Then, you move into advanced decay, also known as black putrefaction. You're now completely bald and without nails, your bones are somewhat exposed, and the flesh that is left is blackened, leathery, and dry. At this point, the carrion feeders lose interest in you, there's simply nothing left to feed on. And finally, you've reached the skeletal stage. You are now but a pile of bones. Throughout this process, your body has released nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and magnesium into the soil below, which are all nutrients that plants feed on. Your purging body initially kills off the flora in the surrounding area, but now it grows back with more abundance and diversity and attracts worms that further enrich the soil. If left undisturbed and exposed to light, algae, moss, and mushrooms may rise from your bones. But that's only one specific scenario in which your body is left outside in mild temperatures. 
many factors can affect the rate of decomposition. For example, moisture can speed up the process. If your body is exposed to rain or is submerged in water, it will decompose at an accelerated rate. In an environment with high moisture and no oxygen, you may also become covered in a waxy, soap-like substance called adipocere, which forms from fats and fatty acids in a process called saponification. Adipocere is also referred to as corpse wax or grave wax, and it smells like ammonia. On the flip side, a dry environment will cause the decomposition rate to slow down. Temperature also impacts the decomposition rate. In a cold environment, your body will decompose much slower. A hot environment has the opposite effect. An environment that's incredibly hot and dry would actually mummify you by quickly dehydrating your skin, causing it to harden and remain intact. The presence of carry-on feeders is a factor as well. The more feeders, the faster the rate of decomposition. Rather than decomposing naturally, you may instead be embalmed, so your loved ones can get one last look at you and say goodbye. But in order for this to work, you can't be too decomposed already. Embalming slows down the process of decomposition by replacing the blood with embalming fluid which is made up of preservative chemicals, like formaldehyde. Embalming fluid is pumped through the veins via the carotid artery, which has been exposed with an incision. The embalming fluid pushes the blood out of the body through the incision, replacing it. Then, the organs are punctured with a tube, that sucks out all the remaining fluid. Embalmed, you'll still eventually decompose while buried six feet under, but it will take a longer time. Many who are buried in caskets are embalmed first, but not all. If you are embalmed, your skin will turn into a watery mush and your clothing will disintegrate within a year. In 10 years, your butt and thigh fat turns into a soapy wax. At 80 years, only your bones remain. And at a thousand, you are dust. Instead of burial, you may crumble into dust much faster by cremation. In this case, your remains are placed in a large brick furnace and lit ablaze at temperatures up to 1800 Fahrenheit or 982 Celsius. 
After a couple hours, you'll be a pile of ashes that weighs three to nine pounds. If you like listening to podcasts, you'll also love audiobooks. And the best place to listen to both is Audible, the leading provider of audio content. Audible offers an enormous selection of audiobooks from every genre. With thousands of titles from bestsellers to new releases, they have it all. Audible also includes thousands of podcasts, including exclusive Audible originals, so you can keep all your favorite audio content in one place. The Audible app makes it easy to listen anywhere, anytime. And I love Audible. Audiobooks are incredibly helpful for my research, and I love that I can multitask as I listen. You can try Audible for free for your first 30 days. To start your free trial today, visit audibletrial.com slash dismalplus. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash D-I-S-M-A-L-P-L-U-S. Most of what we know about human decomposition we owe to body farms and their donors. Body farms are where human decomposition is studied under a variety of conditions. The first one was established by forensic pathologist Dr. Bill Bass at the University of Tennessee Medical Center in 1981. This knowledge has been a key in solving crimes. Forensic pathologists are able to examine a body and determine things like approximate time of death, whether or not the body has been moved post-mortem, and the general environment in which the death occurred. At the body farm, decomposition is even tested in settings like a garbage bin or the trunk of a car. If a person is decomposed or wounded beyond recognition, forensic dentistry can be used to make an identification by comparing teeth to dental records. Teeth don't decompose. They remain relatively intact and are often the only remaining source of DNA in situations of advanced decomposition. Alternatively, forensic dentistry can match a bite mark to a suspect if they've bitten their victim. This is ultimately how Ted Bundy was convicted. But that's a story for another day. The fear of death is often fueled by the fear of the unknown and the fear of becoming nothing. But we don't. Because when life ends, the cycle of death begins, and the body becomes a host for other forms of life to carry on.